Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Can you guys online hear me? Yes. All right, perfect. All right, let's pray. Lord, we give you honor, we glorify your holy name, Father, because you are good, God. You are so good, Father. You are so good to us, O King of Glory, God. You give us everything that we do not deserve, O King of Glory. You protect us. You are there for us, O God. You know our desires, O King of Glory, Father, Lord. And, and every single day, God, we can trust you, Father, to know that you're ordering our steps in the right direction, God. We thank you for today, Lord, that we still praise you, God, even in the midst of chaos, O God. We still praise you. We still love you, O King of Glory, and you allow us to be here, O King of Glory, God. I pray, Jehovah God, as, as, as you speak, O King of Glory, God, that, that your people will be encouraged, O King of Glory, Father. That Jehovah God had to know, Father, that Jehovah God, you know everything, Lord, and you have the best intention for them, Lord. And you want them, their hearts to be changed, O King of Glory, God. I come against the work of the enemy in the name of Jesus. I come against destruction, O King of Glory, God. I come against that, Jehovah God, because at the end of the day, Lord, we, you're still on the throne, O God. And Jehovah God, you're still coming back, and you need to, to take a church that's changed, O King of Glory, Father. So Jehovah God, let us not look at what's happening in the world, Lord, but let us examine ourselves and look at you, God, and ask you to, to guide us and to speak to us, oh God. Move me out of the way in the precious name of Jesus, God, and, and speak to your people. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So this is a good time uh, for those people who are online, actually. It's, a, it's an amazing time because most of the time, if you forgot a notepad or something to write, you can go grab it real quick. One, two, three, four, five. Sit down and start writing some notes. All right. So we're going to continue in Acts 26, 9, 18. And here we go. Indeed, I, so this is, this is um, so we are continuing from last time. Indeed, I, indeed I myself, I, I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus Christ. Was it eight or nine, right? Yes, nine, okay. Uh, this, is, this I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they, had put a, when they had put to death, I cast my vote against them, and I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blasphemy. And being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to the foreign cities. Well thus, occupied, well, thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the, from the, chief, uh, from the chief priest at midday, O king, o king, Lord of the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard the voice speaking to me and saying in Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard to, for you to kick against the guard. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both to the things which you have seen and the things which I will, yet, I will reveal to you. I will deliver you to the Jewish people and they will, as well as the Gentile to whom I will send you to open their eyes in order for, for them to turn, for, to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sin and an inheritance among those who, are, those who are sanctified by my faith. So here we are continuing to see Paul. He, he is still being, he's still, uh, he's still being accused. He's still under, accused under false, uh, false accusation. And now King Agippa, King Agippa says that he wants to hear him. He wants to bring him over to hear him again. 
And Pastor Christo spoke last, last time about hope. That even in the midst of all those things, still Paul had hope. And he, when he had an opportunity to defend himself, he actually gave more hope of Christ than any other time. Yes. So then he talks about how he, he gives a story that we've heard before, that he was going to Damascus, he was going to persecute Christian, and as he journeyed there, he met Jesus Christ. And this was the beginning of his life being changed and the assignment that God had given him to go to the Jews and the Gentiles. And so to, to, today we are continuing to see Paul speaking and giving, giving a chance to speak of this assignment that he was given at that moment. And so when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about God's plans. You know, every kid has a dream. And me growing up in Kenya, was I had dreams too. Kids in Kenya have dreams too, you know. Um, I remember when I was a little kid, there's so many times because kids always change. You know, half the time they have, you know, they want a car, the next time they want something. But I was trying to record my brain and try to think, what are some of the things that I wanted? And one of the things that I wanted to do is I wanted to be successful. I wanted a castle. I wanted to have a big castle. <laughs> but now that I'm a grown-up and I know that you have to pay for electric, you have to pay for, for housekeeping, you have to pay for gardening and all that stuff, I don't think that was a very good idea, right? I, I also wanted to do a lot of things that were responsible, like have a wife, have kids, own a business, own a farm, and have a lot of animals. And then there were other things that I didn't really want to do, I mean, which I wanted to do, but they were not really good, like become a movie star, or, <laughs> and also work in Hollywood. And I'm sure because I wasn't really a good Christian, I wouldn't be a very good movie star, so I'm, I'm grateful that God steered me from those plans, right? See, every day there are things that I want to do. And most of the plans are about me and my desires and my comfort. My drive, the things that drives me that I want. But it looks like most of the time because, not every most time, but every time I try to walk away to my desires because I trust God and I'm praying to him to guide me and to order my step, he always has a different plan. Yes. And right now I've come to a point in my life where I realize that the, mo- that the moment that I give my life to Christ, my say my plan, my desires are only secondary to what God's will is for me and my family. Because if God says that, I want to send you this place because you've already given your life to Christ, then you can't say no because it's no longer your life. So your plans, my plans, my desires, they are only secondary to what God's, God wills for me and my family. Acts 26, 9 is what Paul is saying here in Acts 26, 9. He's saying, I myself indeed was once uh, persuaded that it was my duty to do many things contrary to the, contrary to and defiance to the name of Jesus Christ. Translated, Paul had a plan. He had a plan that was not a plan of God at all. But God had a different plan. Proverbs 16 says, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. Aren't we glad that God directs our plans? Because yeah. half the time we, we are doing the things that our bodies want, our life wants. Right. But God, but God. See, when we look at Paul himself, we can see Paul was actually very successful. Paul was educated in one of the best schools, if you want to call it that. He had a great mentor. He, was a high-ranking, he had a high-ranking career as a high-ranking officer. He was devoted to his job regardless of the moral implication he was dedicated to. That was when he was Saul. He had a good career. According to the world, because he didn't know any difference, he was a hard-working person, right? He was obedient. He was told by his officers, go and kill Christian. He did that, right? He was, he was devoted. He, he did it with all the energy that he could. 
And when the moment came, all that was required for Paul was just a redirection in order for him to do the right thing. See, it's easier to redirect a moving train than a stop train. Because I feel sometimes what we do is we wait until God tells us and moves us and changes and gives us an assignment. Then we start moving versus getting ready as we wait for God to move in our lives. So then when that time comes, all God has to do is redirect us. I will look at my life and I wonder, where am I a moving train or am I a stagnant train? See, even when you look at uh, Exodus 14... Um, when Moses came to the Red Sea, he's been walking, he's been bringing the Israelites all the way, and um, the, the, the Egyptians are right behind him, and he comes to the Red Sea, and he's crying out to God. What does God tell him? He says, and the Lord said to Moses, why, dry, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to move forward. Yeah. See, God is requiring us to move. Yeah. He's requiring us to do an action. We can't wait. We have to continue moving because God has already given us that. Same case with David. When he was anointed as a teenager, he did not wait, sit around and say, guess what? I'm going to be king. Hold on one second. Okay, perfect. Much better. Okay. All right. So when, when David was anointed as king, he didn't wait to just be a teenager and hang out. He actually went and he worked. He was out there. He was working. See, God is looking for a willing heart. He's looking for a hardworking person whom he can use. See, Proverbs 16.1 says, The preparation of the heart belongs to man, but the, answer of the t- but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. See, we human make plans, but the Lord has the final answer. But we still have to make those plans. We can't just sit around and not make those plans. Matthew 12, 35, 37 says, a good, man, a good man out of good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of his evil treasures brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will, be, they will give an account the day of judgment. For by the words you are, you'll be justified, or by your words you'll be condemned. So the man hurt does good things or plots bad things. Even though God has a final answer, we are still accountable to the plans that we make. Our lives are being recorded every moment and we'll be accountable for those actions. But I got good news for you tonight. Even you guys online. We have God that loves us so much that he's willing to redirect our foolishness in order for us to be in the right place. We have a God who loves us and cares us, care about us so much that he's willing to redirect us to the right place. See, there comes a time in your life when just like, 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 like Saul, you see the light. And when you see the light, you can't be the same because you've already seen the light. You cannot be the same. You can deny what you've seen, but you'll never be the same because you saw the light. Or you can change because you saw the light. See, Paul was transformed. All his plans were tabled and found useless at that moment when he saw the light. The past was just that, the, past, the picture of the past. See, I love photography, and I know some of you do too. Uh, what I love about photography is when you look at an old picture, you can kind of see a lot. It can tell you a lot. I remember uh, Q Missions, they, they bought a building, and it was a bookshop, bookstore. And, and when we went in there, there were books from like the 1800s. There were photos from like the 1800s, I think. There were super, super old photos. And as you looked at those photos, you could tell. You could tell some of the characters of the people. 
you could kind of tell whether they were happy, whether they were sad. You could tell like what was going on in their life somewhat. You could guess and see that. So pictures do help us and they capture a lot in a moment. Some people say a picture is worth a thousand words. Have you ever guys thought about a video? If a picture is worth a thousand words, what about a video? Two thousand? Pictures can motivate to be better than we were before. Because if you took a picture before, like for me, the biggest thing is I try to gain weight. I'm going to be vulnerable. I try to gain weight. So I can take a picture when I was okay. And then I can take a picture later on and I'll be like, I'm a little better than okay, right? <laughs> so pictures don't lie. They, they, they tell us these things. They motivate us either to work hard. They motivate us either to not work hard. They motivate us to do whatever. Pictures can lie. Like, you can look at a picture and say, I used to have hair. And you can look at a picture and say, I used to have hair, right? <laughs> but the real question is, who are you today? Who are you today? In the age that we are, we take pictures and we, take, and we delete them. We take like 40 times before you can get the perfect picture. Are we really capturing who we really are? Because if a picture can tell me where I was to where I'm going to be, if I look at it, and tell me if there was any growth in my life or a change in my life. But then I took 40 pictures and I chose the best out of that. How am I going to be able to reflect when I look back and see what it is? Because that's what's happening in our lives. We take the best moment in our life and we decide that that is what I want to capture and I want to be that. And when God is trying to move you or change you or make you something different, all you're doing is fighting because you want to be this little picture that you are. Most of us are caught up in taking so many perfect selfies that we have no real evidence of who we used to be. So there is a truly no need for change because we have lied out to ourselves that this image we have crafted before taking a picture is truly who we are. You know, I titled the message today, Lights, Camera, Actions, and, and I was researching this, and I saw that um, D.W. Griffith was the one who came up with this word. He said he was so frustrated at the set, uh, he was so frustrated on the set when he was filming, running out of time, he started to back lights so that then they could take the light and point to, to, the, to the actor or the actress, right? And then, because he wanted to save time, he said, camera, roll the camera so then that way we can save time. And then the third thing he said is action so people can start moving. And when I think about Paul, when I think about Saul Paul moment right there, that was exactly it. There was a light that came from up. It said, Saul, you have been persecuting me, yeah. right? I need you to reflect and see what's going on. There is an urgency that we need to do right now because I need you to start moving in a different direction. Yeah. And I wonder if today we can have a camera light action moment where we take a moment and ask God, God, I know you're speaking in my heart. I know you're, you're, you're shining something in my heart so I can reflect and see what my heart is doing. So then I can change. We can capture that moment. Then I can start acting different in the way that I've been called. Amen. The light was truly for Paul a line of capture in his past. And he kept it the past. So he was not required to stay as a past his action to follow were going to be judged. See, you and I used to be sinners. We had great plan that were driven by our own desires. Then we had the gospel, or you're hearing the gospel for the first time, and you had a light camera action moment. You met Christ. Let us now examine your life. 
speaking about pictures, you've seen, uh, um, I don't know if you guys saw, there was a video, a couple of videos online where they have uh, somebody who took pictures every week and other people daily yeah. over the 20 years, yeah. right? And so the interesting thing with that is like, yeah, maybe the first three minutes I focused on the face of the person to see the change, but I started looking at the background. I started looking at the secondary scene. I started looking at the house they were in. I started looking at the clothes in the back. I started looking at the way they were hanging stuff. I could tell if they were in a new house. I could tell if they were in an old house. I could tell like whether it was winter. I could tell whether, you know, if they have, you could tell all those things that were happening. And so when you look at the secondary things, yes, it tells a bigger story than the front forefront. Because yeah. the face is changing, yes, but it's the same face. But what's going on behind the scene? And so the same thing with our lives. When we get that exposure, when I look at your picture, when I, I look at my picture, from when God called me, when he saved me, to where I am, yes, I might look good the way I talk, the way I speak, the things that I do. But what if we look at the secondary scene? What is that telling us in our life? What is the secondary scene telling, telling us about you? If we've been transformed, what, does, what do people see in the background? Yeah. If we took a picture of your life since you had the light a camera action moment, what do you see in your relationship over the year? Your attitude, how you treat those who lo you love and those you don't love. What actions are your picture and video telling us? What actions are your pictures and video telling us? James 1, 23, 25 says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word, of, or a word and not a doer, he is a man observing his nature face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful a hearer, but a doer of the work. This, is, this one will be a blessing in what he does. See, we cannot forget what's around us. We cannot forget those are around us. We cannot forget what God has called us because sometimes we focus so much on just us and what people see that we don't look at the other things. Power actions are getting the moment to defend himself. Yeah, he chooses to preach the gospel. Now that's how I would love, I would love my life to be before and after picture. That I'm being persecuted. I'm going to probably be killed. But... When I look at my old picture, they say I was selfish, I was all these things. But now, all I do is I don't try to defend myself, but I speak of Christ. I speak of what he's done. Any of you guys have some old pictures in an old uh, shoebox? Yes. <laughs> right? See, sometimes we ought to pull out these old pictures. Not to become them, but to be remembered where we used to be. It's a time for us to re reflect. Yeah. Paul remembers that he used to be like these people who King Agippi and all those who are persecuting them. He used to remember that he used to be that guy. He did the same thing. And, and at this moment, he's telling them, he's telling let me tell you, I got to a point where there was a light camera action moment and my life was changed. And he's hoping as he speaks to them that there'll be this moment for them where they can see the light and they can get changed. And I pray the same for those who are here and those who are online, that there can be a moment where you can be so truly when God is calling you and he is calling you today and saying, hey, there's a light to shine in your life so then you can change. Yes. I believe as he, Paul took this more opportunity to share the gospel, 
he was hoping that they would change as well. Acts 26, 10, 11 says, This I also did in Jerusalem. He's remembering what he did. Many of the saints I shut them in prison, having received authority from the chief priest. And when they, had, they, were, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Those are his old pictures. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to be blasphemy. And being exceeding enraged against them, I, pers- I, I persecuted them even to foreign land. See, as I share this word today, I want you to know that each of us has a story. Each of us has that box that has those photos of what you used to be. I held anger for a long time. I thought the world was against me, and that's my life. For a long time, I thought the world was against me. I thought things were just never going to get better. I held unforgiveness, a lot of unforgiveness. I remember telling people that I was like a rubber band. You pull it to as far as you can, but when it snatches, you can't really come back. And I prided in that because I felt that I was justified. But yet, I've pulled Christ's rubber band so far. It's up so many times that he's put it back over and over and over and over. Right? I did and I wish for things that pleased my body and life regardless of the consequences. And then there was a light camera action moment for me. God opened my eyes and I saw the picture of what I had become and I didn't like it. If anything, I was like Paul. I found myself doing contrary to what God had called me to do. He had called me to be a Christian. He has called you to be Christ-like. And I like how verse 26 says, an opportunity for Paul. Paul is given a assignment, says, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God and that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inherit among those who are sanctified by faith. And that's what we are doing today. That your eyes may be open in order for you to turn from darkness to light. That from the power of Satan and to God, so you can have the hope of Christ. You can have the hope of Christ. I love when, when you read Paul, Paul, Agippa says to Paul, you may speak in your defense. And what does Paul respond? Paul responds, I am so fortunate, Agrippa, because now I get to show you my pictures. Yes. Let me pull out the old shoebox and lay them out because these pictures have a story. Yes. He goes ahead and shows him this is when I was a little boy, learning from Gamile, who was the Pharisee doctor of the Jewish law. This was my first Christian that I persecuted. Here is another one when I punished them and I sent them to prison. Here is one that, that I sent a vote and I cast it out. Here is another when I cast them to be killed. I praise God that there were no videos those days because those would be moments that I don't want to see. And then he goes on and says, King Agrippa, there's one more picture I want to show you. This is the one that means the most to me. He pulls an album. This time it's not in a shoebox. And in there, he says, this was my light camera action moment. I was on my way to Damascus and right here, the light from heaven, bright as the sun shone down me. And the King Agrippa says, here is where my life was changed. And since then, my actions have been changed. My desires have been changed. I now do everything for Christ. Ephesians 4.24 says, 
but you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conducts of old men, which grows corrupt according to the deceit of lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on a new man, which was created according to God, into righteousness and holiness. I love how Paul Eddy says, he is my proof of what, what God has done for me. And I play. And tonight, those who are here and those who are online, I want you to take a moment and think about that moment. Think about that shoebox that contains all those things that God has forgiven you from. All those things that God doesn't look anymore. And the only reason we are looking is so we don't become like children of Israel where we forget where God has gotten us from. And then go back and look and see. If I came to you, if somebody came to you and asked you, show me your pictures, what kind of pictures are you going to show them? Is there an album that shows, you, shows them that this was the moment that I was transformed? This was the moment that, that I went from death to life. This was the moment here where I said enough is enough. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to follow Christ because in Christ there is hope. Think about that moment. And if you have made that decision to follow Christ, praise God. Add more pictures in that album. Add more pictures. Let God be glorified. But if you haven't made that decision, today is your moment. Those who are here and those who are online, this is your moment. Ask God to come and change your life. Change your heart. That your shoebox may be forgotten. And now you have a whole new life that God wants for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I praise you tonight, God. I thank you for your word, O King of Glory, Father, because, Lord, that is your love, God. That you have a God, no matter what we've done before, God, you give us a whole new story, O King of Glory, God. That no matter where we've been, O King of Glory, God, that when we allow that light to shine into us, O God, that we capture that moment, O King of Glory, Father, and you call us for more actions that are now aligned with your will, O God. I pray, Jehovah God, for all those people who are listening, O King of Glory, Father. That Jehovah God, you may speak in their hearts, O God. No condemnation, no shame in the name of Jesus, Father. Because, Lord, you don't count those things, Father, but you praise and the angels worship and praise you, Father, when people turn, when they turn away from their sin and come to you, O God. Lord, I pray, King of Glory, God, that we never forget what you've done for us, O God. More so may that be may something that doesn't pull us down, Father. But Jehovah God, energize us, O King of Glory, to move ahead, O God. With a thrill, O King of Glory, to bring people to you, King of Glory, Jesus. We love you and we adore you, God. We thank you for keeping us safe, O God. We thank you for giving us peace, O King of Glory, God. Because, God, if you can save our souls, God, from hell, even this, you've got control over it, Lord. We praise you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.